You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put it in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings stay away? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who was the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's vote when the bean. Who's that out there living they dream? Let's vote when the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's vote and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's vote and the bean. You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know what DraftKings stay awake? Let be. So who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's bow and the bean. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's bow and the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's bow and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's bow and the bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Heavy duty weekend. That's a lot of duty, by the way, because we got a fight card on Friday. Um, but the real card that we're going to get into here and just break it all down for you is going to be 218. We're cutting the fat and we're getting straight to the meat and potatoes. How do you feel about that? If we give you a bonus show later this week and we can also break down the fight house for the women's 125, we will do that. But we figured priorities 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 and i would agree and that we only most get a things, finite amount of time right right this right this is the most important shit a hundred percent this is what people want to know we got dk lines up we got everything ready that we need to so we're going to start ufc 218 coming out of little caesar's arena in detroit michigan motown rock city so this is going to end up being a 13 uh fight bout it's going to end up starting for us with Alan Crowder versus Justin Willis. Justin Willis is uh, the returning fighter in the UFC. He's coming off of a... Um, oh, goddamn technical. Five to one uh, fight. He's on a five-fight winning streak, though. Willis um, is, but he debuted his last fight in the UFC. James Mulhern. Um, which I believe... Which he won by decision, unanimous. And Mulherin was 11-1 against Alan Crowder, who is debuting in the UFC at 9-2 record. The taller fighter is going to end up being Willis at 6-3. And both of these guys are coming in at the heavyweight limit. Actually, Crowder seems to weigh in more at that 240 range where Willis pushes that 265. So we got the big boys starting it out. I feel like that's been happening lately. Been putting them big fights early in case they end up being flops. But with the power that comes with these guys... Um, both of them having such steady records. They're both in the winning. 28 years old for the debuting Crowder and 30 years old for Willis. I definitely think this is a coin flip of a fight all the way around. I'm going to stick with Willis only because I've seen him tested in the UFC. And his debut against Moharan, who isn't the highest caliber guy, is still better than most people that Crowder's ever faced. So... 
Crowder has been fighting in the in Bellator though, so Bellator is putting a good show on there. I'm going. I'm edging out Willis. I'm saying this is a lat B play all day. Stay away. First fight of the night. We tend to stay away from these suckers for a reason because this this is a coin flip at the heavyweight division. Anyone lands and it's over. I think too much trust is going into Willis, and you need to check that a little bit, but I do have him. What do you think goes on? Couldn't agree more. I pretty much feel like after you get past rank number 20 in the heavyweight division, all if, all bets are off. Yeah. It's yeah. like any guy. We don't really know if one's greater than the next. This could actually be a really boring fight where both guys end up leaning against each other. And I also notice when we're having a big boy fight like this early in the night, that usually is what happens. Where by round two, both guys are out of gas. One of them can't even lift up their arm. Arms. it's depressing and the fight ends up getting stopped from exhaustion somewhere the yep. only reason i'm gonna go with willis is he has that he knows what it is to finish a ufc fight in three rounds so that is the only reason so i'm gonna stay away all day willis decision so we have alan crowder at seven four on DraftKings and willis at eight eight um yeah that's that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. We got many, many, many more fights along the way that we'll definitely be able to make money on. And the next fight is going to be one of those fights. I see fights. a draw. This is the only issue for me. It's interesting for me. I see a draw in uh, Crowder's past. Uh-huh. I would be interested if the other one was a draw or what, how he lost. Or no contest or something. Yeah, uh-huh. or if it was a knockout. Because if it wasn't a knockout, a guy this size in this division, to have no knockouts, that says he has a pretty good chin. That means both guys have a good chin. That could be really interesting for two big guys to stand and throw yeah, like that. Yeah, and I believe Crowder tends to be more of that grinding Kane Velasquez style where he he's not one hitter quitter. He wrestles you to the ground and wears he you out. He has that steroid Cro-Magnum head you talk about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely something to watch out for there. So we in and, the dirty mode. Um, some of our little list of things. We don't have to worry about any elevation with being in Detroit. Correct. We don't have to worry about any crazy hometown whatever. We know As- Asada is super present here so we should get a night of clean fights. My question is are the rules going to be the new rules or the old rules? Are they using all UFC judges is it just the UFC commission like China just had <laughs> which is Who, China know, yeah China's yeah. commission was essentially the UFC right so, you know like so the UFC was like yeah Bisping can fight that <laughs> so yeah uh, I can't say that I've really looked into whether it's going to be the new or adopted rules once we find that out we'll end up tweeting it out remember to subscribe so that you can get that notification once we find it out and uh, put it out there to you guys so moving on to the next bout we have a straw weight fight 115 pounds Angela Magana versus Amanda Bobby Cooper ABC herself is making a return. Both of these fighters have fought in the UFC. Magana coming off the Ultimate Fighter show, coming in with a 0-5 UFC record, Angela Magana. Against Bobby Cooper's spattered uh, two or one and two in the UFC. Cooper's lost to Suarez and Cavillo and beat Elros as of late, but Cooper also was a part of the the cast and got some wins in there as well. The younger fighter is going to be Bobby Cooper at 26 to the 34 Magana. The taller fighter is going to be Magana at 5-4 and the reach advantage goes to Magana by 6 inches. Magana has also been in Puerto Rico during one of the most trying times that Puerto Rico's had in many, many years. We've seen a lot of, uh, she has it that she's coming out of the Phuket top team which is a great tie team but i know for a fact i've seen her 
in string bikinis out on the Puerto Rican shows talking about how much he hates life with a Puerto Rican flag. So if you've been listening to this show at all, you know how we feel about Angela Magana. She's getting as far as she can with them butt cheeks and not fighting skills because 0-5 in her last five fights is fade all day. You could put PVZ in there. <laughs> I want to see that. I'll give. That's the first time I'm ever going to bit PVC in a fight ever again. So Bobby Cooper, as I'm alluding to here a little bit, better round fighter. To me, Magana just doesn't have any punching power, doesn't have a gas tank, and has low fight IQ. Bobby Cooper comes at you, has good striking. Submissions aren't too bad. Her submission defense has gotten a whole lot better. Um, her length is good. And I like the way that Bobby Cooper uses her range. She also doesn't have too much power, but at this division, that tends to be that way. I have Cooper decision right now. I can move it into a finish just because this is a fade all day. Cooper, I think, can stick around in the UFC. I don't know if she makes any title contention runs anytime soon, but I know what Magana's not going to do, and that's go anywhere in the UFC. Fade all day. What do you think this goes on? Angela Magana, it's not even, a, it's bigger than a fade. She shouldn't be here. She shouldn't be here anymore, and she's not even Invicta class fighter. As far as I'm concerned, Amanda Bobby Cooper has never shown me anything amazing. This is the time. I think she has a good name. She's young enough. I think she's progressively growing her skill set every time I see her in the octagon. I think she easily walks through Angela Magana with a, I think she, I'm hoping she goes in there and we actually get to see her put on a display, but I do think that display is still going to be a decision. So I don't know what their cost is right now. Right now Magana is 7-1 and Bobby Cooper is 9-1. There's no way I play Bobby Cooper on that. I agree. She's not, fi- she doesn't finish ladies. You one card that you have tons of extra money, but looking at this DraftKings card this week, it, to me, it's going to be hard to make a card. So I don't imagine if one of the people I have, if I can afford somebody over nine, it's probably gonna not going to be Bobby Cooper, yeah. who doesn't finish people. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's a good play that we we find many many other spots to cash out here, and there is that potential all night long as we've been alluding to. Moving on to the next fight, though, we're going back to the heavyweights, light heavyweight division, two oh five. We have. Dominic Reyes versus Jeremy Kimball. Kimball, both of these fighters have fought in the UFC. Kimball coming off a 15 and 6 record with Dominic Reyes's 7 and 0 undefeated record. The younger fighter will be Kimball by 26 to the 27 year old Reyes. Uh, the taller fighter is Reyes at 64 or 6 foot 4 to the 6 foot of Kimball. The reach advantage also goes to Reyes. 77 inches to the 72 five inch reach advantage for Reyes I think that Kimball is being unbelievably underrated in this fight he did come into the UFC on short notice off of knee surgery and lost to Diego or Rodrigo de Lima which is a horrible loss anybody that's what kept that guy around for a lot longer than he should have been but Kimball is a Karate type striker has very unique angles at the way he comes in and against you. He finished Josh Stanberry in his last fight five months ago, coming off of a win. He used much more of movement compared to that first fight. If you if you look back at the Delima fight, it's not a good showing of Kimball, and people keep bringing that up. Like he looked shit against Delima, but he looked much better against Stansberry, and it's because of the short notice and the time that he had his body to recuperate from major surgeries. Unfortunately for Kimball in this situation, Dominic is the real deal. This dude is 7-0 for a reason, has 
a good gas well you haven't really seen his gas tank too much because he's been finishing everybody via submission or strikes usually set up by his strikes he's tall for the division he's long for the division and he uses his length well he dominic has a beautiful straight left powerful it's caught multiple people he reyes has multiple fights in under a minute that does happen a bit because of the competition level reyes hasn't been fighting in the ufc he's been fighting out of king of the cage who which isn't a bad organization lfa as well is another premier organization but still the ufc is a big step up jackie christensen being the debut for reyes christensen shouldn't be in the ufc so that was just kind of a gimme we saw that coming we ended up making some money on it i do think kimball has a good ground game as well reyes we haven't really seen that much the only time we've seen him submitting people is usually after he hurts them with some really crisp striking as i was saying with reyes with that left he also throws kicks from both sides and he throws them really well timed off of his punches he's just he looks to me like a 155 fighter that's good at striking in the 205 division like he has the build like that he's just the six four. Yeah, yeah that's the way he moves in the cage so against anybody this is a top contender this is going to be a really fun fight i really think kimball's being underrated i'm gonna go with reyes i had kimball earlier but i talked myself back into reyes shockingly he's the huge favorite in this fight but i think that there might be some more play on kimball than anything because i don't think he gets taken out of there like the first round like everyone else and i think a lot of people are going to stay away from kimball i think he can lose a decision here if not a split he's being underrated here what do you think goes on in this fight the wrestling is the number one reason what i'm scared of with raya uh with is it raya's or hayes or raya's it's raya's raya's or raya's um the devastator the my biggest problem with Dominic is I have no idea how his cardio is because of how quick all of his fights have been and half the fights are kind of padded to me against guys that never fought anyone else so it makes me a little nerve-wracked against going in there against a guy like Kimball who I don't really even though he was knocked out just two fights ago I didn't see him as a chinny guy and I think he does have a weird odd style uh that would kind of be difficult to train for. Regardless, and yeah, I so agree. so I actually had the Devastator, but I can't see, I don't see him knocking out Kimball in round one, mm-hmm. and then I don't see it happening at all in round two or three. So it's either I see him finishing it in round one by a knockout, or I see Kimball winning in one of the other rounds. It's nerve-wracking. I don't think it should be this far away. That's what, that's I, what I feel like you. all I was saying was 100% like... Right now, Dominic Reyes is 9-4, the most expensive fighter on DraftKings, two Kimballs, I don't six, like that eight. at all. And the other thing about Kimball is he's a guy out of Colorado Springs fighting at non-elevation against a guy who's never made it out of the first round. So that is just showing me that, oh, here's this big guy with tons of cardio going against yep. another big guy who's never made it out of the first round because he hasn't had to because he's such a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a double-edged sword. I what totally agree. So I think round. we already found, for me, the wage gauge of the night. I think you're right on that because I had Raya's coming into this, but then once you said Kimball has the advantage wrestling, that was my only question uh-huh. in my head was what happens if they get into a grapple up? What what happens then? And if that even happens enough to stifle Raya's in All the those first strikes, round, yep. I'm nervous as hell to going into round two or three. Um, 
Oh, I have Kimball Decision right now. That's what I had earlier. The Intel I'm right now. I'm going to change it to Raya's KO round one. Oh, oh. But I don't really see that happening. I don't really see it happening. I'm going to have it right like that for right now. I think this gets sketchy the, the longer this fight goes on. Right now, I feel Kimball is the Wager Gaja. Hashtag Wager Gaja. Hashtag LATB on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. Moving on to the next fight, we have a welterweight bout between returning fighters. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Shamid Hamasi, or Saab Hamasi. You guys are killing me. You guys are killing me. We got an 11-6 fighter for Hamasi. Uh, Hamasi? Sabah? Sabah Hamasi. Sabah versus 7-1 from Ghana, Alsan. Uh, the Judo Thunder versus The Punisher. Punisher's coming in. Losing his last fight in the UFC against Tim Means, the Dirty Bird himself. Prior to that, he ended up... Well, that was his debut fight. A hell of a way to debut. He ended up uh, losing TKO over a year ago. This, Hamasi's coming out of Florida. 29-year-old fighter, 6 foot with a 72-inch reach to the 5'10", 72-inch reach. Alsan, or Judo Thunder. The... Judo Thunder is three years older at 32 years old. Hassan has had a bit higher caliber experience. He ended up beating Charlie Ward, who was Connor's number one boy uh, over a year ago. Coming off of a loss in a split decision over Akhmedov. Um, and prior to that, Alsan ended up fighting in some legacy organizations. We've seen enough of Judo Thunder. He's a powerhouse. This guy is a ball of muscle, but exactly as in the fight before, if you really start wearing on this guy like a Hector Lombard the judo player as well you can wear him out you can out wrestle him and that's exactly what Agmenov ended up doing he showed the blueprint on how to be a powerful strong guy Alsan definitely has power from um every corner his judo throws he likes to use his judo into it and he's just so big and devastating it doesn't matter what he throws at you it'll hurt you but Hamasi is a good fighter He's ha he's an eleven and six fighter against Titan competitors. Um, he has a mix up between knockouts and submissions, mainly being more knockouts. He does have a couple knockouts in his career compared to Judo Thunder's only one loss via decision. I am just gonna go with the action figure all the way around. I think the more explosive athlete is Hassan Hamasi just looked like an old he to me he looks like a even though he's 29 years old I would have swore he was 34 in there to me he just looks not as fast and it's going to be accentuated specifically in this fight because he's going to go in against such a specimen um I think that the lines are right on this I think this should be a blowout I see Hassan throwing bad striking and still being able to do what he wants on the ground even though he was beat by a Russian wrestler that the level of wrestling he was beat by was much higher than Hamasi's by far so I don't I think that they both are going to slow down a lot but I got a TKO round two Hassan what do you think goes on in this fight Abdul Razak Ala Hassana KO round one for me it's an easy decision I hashtag no racist but this is set up so Detroit can go apeshit when this black guy creams Komasi <laughs> in round one is it racist if they go apeshit oh shit 
<laughs> now you have the hashtag no racist. <laughs> yeah, so I really uh, just think this is a setup fight to see a brutal KO. Um, I think you're right. The blueprint to beating Abdul is wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Guess who's not going to wrestle him at all? The Punisher, Homasi. He was going to stand and fight for him. So I think, or stand and fight in front of him. So I think if you stand and fight in, fight in front of the Judo Thunder, your ass going to get knocked out. You were saying all his interesting angles. I don't even think it takes until the second round. I'm going to put him on a lot of my DraftKings cards. What, what are is his price? Right, right. Good call. What are the prices on him? We're gonna. I'm. I'm assuming that Hamas is nine thousand. Bobby Cooper is more than Hamas right now, or not Hamas than Al Hassan, Judo Thunder. So if you have to pick between one, between, you put Judo Thunder. Yeah, a million percent on. Sorry, that. Amanda Bobby Cooper. Uh, sorry, ABC. I did like though. Real quick, Maganya had a really good burn. Amanda Bobby Pooper. I saw it. It, was, <laughs> it made me laugh. It was more than just Amanda Bobby Pooper. It was like Amanda Baby Pooper. So oh, like, it was Baby yeah, Pooper. Yeah, yeah. That I. That, it's the stupid, only time I'm gonna funny. give Magania props ever in my life is that was a good one. Hashtag I stupid but funny. Hundred yeah, percent. So Hamasi is gonna be seven two. I had to stay away from me all day. If there's a player there, it's Judo Thunder all the way. And I think that's about it on that fight. Moving that's on to all another. That's I have to say about that. On to the next strawweight fight. We're showcasing the ladies again. And we have longtime contender Felice Herring versus Courtney Casey. Felice Herring coming off of a three-fight winning streak, beating people like Justine Keish, Alexa Grasso as a big underdog there, and Caitlin Curran via submission. Only last loss as of late was a decision against Paige Van Zandt. And that is just mind-boggling. But... On the opposite side of the card, we have Cast Iron, Courtney Casey, coming in with a 7-4 record, coming off of a win against Jessica Aguilar as of late, losing her prior fight to that to a decision to Gadelia, and beating people like Ronda Marcos in a big upset as well. Only losing, a, she lost a decision to Sohi Ham. The interesting thing for me in this fight is the mental state for both of these fighters. Both of these fighters, where they're hard on their sleeves and have gone into fights and lost fights, they should have won, like PVZ, because they're just like, everything before the fight was bad, and they couldn't learn to separate it. But as of late, both of these women have made a turn in their career, and maybe it was when they went to other camps that taught them how to keep the mental stuff more out of it, because Felice Herring has say, been saying a lot of that, and so has Courtney Casey, like... I've learned to get my personal life in order so that I can just worry about fighting. And that has really shown, I'd say, dramatically more in Felice Herring. We've always known she was a top contender, but she has really put it together as of late. The older fighter is going to be Felice Herring at 33 years old against the 30-year-old Casey. Casey is going to be the taller fighter at 5'7", with a one-inch reach advantage at seven at 67 inches to 66 for herring herring's also coming in at 5'3 so herring's got a little bit of longer arms for that little body but herring has been a long time um martial artist she had a lot of muay thai experience for a long time prior to this katie is casey is more of just the all mma she came in and was mma i think she had some high school wrestling in there and has shown her wrestling to really get her through fights her toughness Casey does tend to walk a little straight forward at times. Once she starts to slow down, that head movement really, really slows down, and those shots come a lot, lot slower. Casey has good takedowns, especially in this division, but Herring's training with Carlos Barza. 
regularly. We've seen a lot of women have trouble with Felice Herring's uh, takedown defense. And Herring on, the, on top, I love how Herring uses her Muay Thai and kickboxes, uses good knees, elbows. Again, it's just whether Herring's mental state is there for me. I got Herring decision. I could turn this into a finish because I believe in Herring. If she's there, it was like Rose and we were saying it with Rose. If Rose mentally is there, we got to watch the weigh-ins and everything walking up um, and really watch their behavior on both of these ladies and see who wins the mental matches because I think that's going to play the biggest role when this all goes down. Herring decision, what do you got on this one? I have Herring decision as well right now. Um, I think this is probably the closest fight on DraftKings, and it probably should be. I don't think Courtney Casey should be this big of an underdog, and this is the fight for Herring that gets her name into that top echelon talk of women. This is the fight for her that if she wins this fight, I want to see her against... Carlos uh, um, Barza. I want to see her against um, Andrade. I want to see her against, you know... Joanna. Yeah, yeah, Joanna. I want to. It's like fights that I'm. This is the fight. I would have never put her name in that top echelon of women, but I feel like any holes I thought she had in her game, Courtney Casey is a good person to let me see if those holes are filled. If she's ready for going and fighting, um, who's our girl that we always say is the cutest, and she's in this division. Badass wrestler just lost. uh, Not Cavillo. She just lost to Cavillo. No, not Cavillo. Zinjas. No, she's our girl. Not as far as that. Not Jevchenko, because she's moving no, up. No, 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 115. We always say she's super cute. She, We always thought she was the hardest fight for Joanna, but she ended up losing the five-round decision. Angela Taylor. Oh, Gedalia? Gedalia! Oh, that, yeah. It's like for, her, for Herring to be put into the category of, like, Claudia, Jessica... Joanna, those women. She has to beat this fight. I have to know if she can get past Casey, if her ground game has solidified that much. You're right, her Muay Thai. I love her knees. She's getting real sneaky. I think Felice Herring's becoming so well-rounded. She represents, to me, women's MMA almost better than any other fighter just to show the growth, not because I think she's the best. I Just to, to show from this date to this date and how great her game's become. I have faith in her, too. I feel like this may even be a biased decision. Audience, take it for what it is. Herring decision, but I think a strong decision where she can get over 80 points. I see her laying a lot of punches, a lot of knees, a lot of elbows, um, a couple of takedowns, some good reversals. Her, I'm proud of her. 33, I'm proud of her. She's come so far. I, I, she was not one of my favorites coming out of the house at all. Because of the mental stuff. That was why. It was always because she let me down on it. And she always plays the card of, I'm not the pretty one. When you got the only, one of the only shots of having actual sexy pictures that look sexy out there. Sorry, other ladies out there. But it's just, it's so weird. And that's the mental fuck with Felice Herring. That's always just has me hesitant on max betting her all the time because so i think we're both pretty much saying even if we were making um and i actually should start doing that because we've agreed on some other ones for our DraftKings lesbo and the bean card um mm-hmm. i think we're both agreeing that we have faith in herring and we can put her on the card i think she's only in the low eight she's eight three versus casey's seven nine and yeah i think the volume and the diversity is for herring other than casey by far all right, moving on to the next fight. We have a lightweight, about 155 pounds, The Rock. <laughs> Draka. Close versus David Timur. You will know that this is the more advanced Timur brother. We have a couple of pairing brothers. And uh, 
Tamora's coming with a 6-1 record. Close is coming in with an 8-0-1 record, having one fight be a split decision. I don't know if it got tur overturned or whatever, but Close is coming off of two wins in the UFC. The other one I'm going to add to our card real quick while I'm looking at it sure. is going to be Razak Al-Hassan because we agreed on that one as well. I, I would also say Kimball's a wager gauger already. All right, we'll throw him on for now and see where we go. Because <laughs> he's going to allow us to get everyone we want. Yeah, we'll see on. where we go from there. All right. Um, so... Close is coming off of a two-fight winning streak, beating Mark Dykesi in a split decision, which was a huge underdog there. Wrestling really took over. Close's wrestling is really the fundamental foreground of his game. Tamura also has very sound wrestling. Tamura being the younger fighter, 28 to the 29 close. The height advantage is going to go to Tamura by an inch, 5'8 to 5'9 for Tamura. And the reach advantage is going to be 3 inches, 73 inches for Tamura versus Close. is 70 inches. Like I was saying, Close's wrestling is really what has gotten him really, really far. It sets up his striking. It sets up his pace. He really pushes the pace on these guys with his wrestling, wears them down, and then really starts to take over in the second and third round. The thing with Close is he can give away that first round. He has power in his hands and I think that also benefits his wrestling really well because people all of a sudden are like oh, okay I'm gonna stand with him and then he rocks him and then they try to out wrestle him and then his wrestling takes over even more Tamura is dangerous everywhere everywhere up and coming prospect a lot of people have been saying nothing but amazing things on Tamura he's a big favorite in most of his fights because he's got wicked striking um, good transitions on the ground he's disgusting all the way around but the competition level for him it has been he beat novelli he's coming off of the ultimate fighter his only loss being in the ultimate fighter he was gonna be he was a prospect to win that show he lost to a guy he shouldn't have lost to then he came he's come off of a three fight winning streak beating his best fighter today being lando venata which i believe has been overhyped himself overhyped and in that fight looked like Garbage, And we don't like to always say that about fighters, but it just didn't look to the caliber of Lando Venata. Right. That, that was like one of his worst performances. And was it bad for him because he was having an off night, bad weight cut something? Or was it bad because David made him look made so Made him look. that, And that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Um, and the reason that we are behind Venata so much is because he looks so good in a loss against Ferguson, which should tell you everything you need to yes, know in itself. Yes. So... I had Tamura earlier, but I think I talked myself into Close. I think Close can cut all of those angles off, and even if they get to the ground, Tamura is super sneaky all over the ground, but Close has that American wrestling that really shuts down a lot of that stuff. I don't think Tamura's really seen a level, a grinder of style that Close is, and I'm going for the big underdog here. I don't know what the lines are out yet, but I know that Close is going to be a big underdog. I got Close decision. Disgusting split. It's going to be 29-28. I feel like I've been getting right these 29-28s as of late. Just saying. How do you feel this goes down? <laughs> no, I think all that matters because it even, you know, of what our percentages are. So the audience knows who they should stick with if we ever disagree. And which this time, crazy enough, we don't. Oh, this, shit. This is crazy. And this is a huge underdog. I don't know what the Bovada lines are. I was trying. I was going to pull those up and see if they were even out yet. Um, on DraftKings... Uh, Close versus uh, Timor. Timor's 8-4 against Close's 7-8. 
I could see how everybody thinks that. The things with clothes that I like isn't just the American wrestling. It's the fact he's a Michigan boy fighting in Michigan. Michigan is known throughout the country with what little I know about wrestling as the wrestling state. Yeah, you got Maybe it's the Steiner ever. brothers. Maybe it's just that I um, frequented University of Michigan. But I didn't go there because I couldn't afford it. I went over to Eastern, but whatever. <laughs> um I think the hometown boy can pull it out. I think this is really smart of the UFC. I think Tamor has amazing stand-up. I think Close can find the holes in all of his ground, and if he sets it up with the right takedowns and ground and pound and everything else, I can see a decision all day, especially if he's fighting in his hometown. We don't know what the judging panel is going to be. Michigan's huge on not just wrestling, but boxing. Uh, the so, crowd's going to know him. Yeah, they're going to know who he is. I think he's going to be a hometown a, favorite. Close is a Division One wrestler, by the way, out of Michigan. Like, the people in the stands are going to cheer for one guy. And just to really throw on top of all that, in case you guys are feeling a little weary, look at Tamura, uh, what's his brother, his last loss? His little brother. His little brother, how he lost. Look at that game plan, because we say here all the time, camps train alike. So if his little brother just had a tough time with a wrestler, just get ready, people. Get ready to make some money. I think we may have our lap B. I, I, we really might already. I think it's I don't already jump the done, gun. and I even like the Michigan tattoo right on his chest. Yep, yep, so yep, yep. I think I don't want to – we're not all the way to the end, but right now this is looking like the Leslie Smith underdog pick. Whoop, whoop. Moving on That was a little fight. tidbit for the people listening. We usually don't give it to you that early. Yeah, you're welcome. Moving on to the next fight, we have a welterweight bout between Alex Oliveira versus Yancy Medeiros. Both fighters have had multiple fights in the UFC. Oliveira definitely coming in uh, with a much more pungent debut in the UFC, beating... I have to say, I really like Tamora too. I like him in the same way that I like Perry. And I think they're similar kind of fighters, where I think they have the same holes in their game. Platinum Mike Perry. Like I really I'd like Tamora is way more fundamentally striking. Perry's like, oh, yeah. But anyway, I know what you're saying. Yeah, so, I really like him, and I usually don't bet against him, and I'm surprised I am right now. Like I'm just surprised at that pick for myself. But the more I think about it, I feel like close is a really sound pick. Okay, yep, moving on. Yep, yep, yep. Cowboy so, and the kid. So Cowboy's coming in with an 18 and four record. Having over five fights in the UFC, only losing one of those, I believe, to, I believe, Garcia back in the day. And then finishing most of his fights as of late, TKO Ryan LaFlair. And I've been, Ryan LaFlair's 13-1, only lost to Alex Oliveira, throwing that out there. Oliveira does have a little bit of weight issues at this 170. He's come in multiple times over and always been super funky, always something to watch out for. Oliveira is going to be the taller fighter, 5'11 to the 5'10 of Medeiros. With the reach advantage by 2.5 inches, goes for Oliveira, 77 inches to the 75.5 for Medeiros. Medeiros, being a 14-4 fighter, is also had a wishy-washy career. He's really, for me, been a guy that I had a ton of backing on early on and has lost some TKOs to Poirier at 155, which he's moved up now. Beating people like Modeski and Sean Spencer, as of late, Eric Silva, TKO. But he lost all those, a decision to Trinaldo, which I think should be given more credit, especially when a lot of people were saying that Madero's chin was gone. If you can stay in there with uh, Trin- Trinaldo and not be finished, and he got some, landed, some punches landed on him, 
Um, it, you shouldn't have too much of a worry at a weighted vision above. Unfortunately for him, though, Oliveira is a power striker. Oliveira comes at you hitting heavy, great Muay Thai, beautiful kicks. He'll fucking poke you in the eye, kick you in the dick. That's the type of person that Alex Oliveira is. Alex Oliveira fights his own teammates. He's been kicked out of multiple gyms. He is just a fucking wild man. Not the best for his life, but as a fighter, he puts it on you. Yancey Medeiros, even with his last few showings, he's done well, but in each one of those fights, he got hurt. He came back, but that was against not fin not the people that have the finish ability of Alex Oliveira. Alex Oliveira, when he smells blood, he goes in for the kill, and he will gas himself to death to get that kill, and most of the time, people can't get up after that barrage comes at him. I think that Oliveira finds his range in the second round. Maderos is really good coming off of that Diaz boys. Sacramento's been there forever. Uses a lot of those Diaz tactics. But I think that that Sacramento style is good for the fan favorites and all of us old hardcores. But if you really take a look at it, people have figured out that style multiple times over. And... I don't think that Oliveira even needed to change his game. I think he is willing to give a shot to take a shot because he can, and he can land the harder shot, and Yancey Medeiros, his chain issues are going to come back up. TKO round two once that range is found. Oliveira, what do you think about this fight? I really like Yancey, and I want a, just another dreamy tale for him and Max to be able to roll back into Hawaii and get another ticker tape parade. I just don't see him celebrating this time. Beating Silva is not very impressive to me. I think he's been spotty as well. I just think he is from Hawaii and we need some Hawaiian stars so we can get an auditorium there and let Max have a proper showing in his hometown. That all being said, Cowboy Alex Oliveira is a fighter's fighter. He has fought probably more times this year than any other guy. Yeah. I don't even know. He's got to be up there akin to that cowboy nickname cowboys are just like okay because they ride bulls every day they're like shit my arm right out of his socket like and the other thing about him that you just have to know he is a natural heel doesn't give a fuck Truth. doesn't give two fucks and he is dirty from the weigh-in all the way to the end of the fight just like you said but that w he doesn't comes. care he almost goes to the weigh-in already whatever like let's say he makes uh he's drinking a beer let's on say the he 30 to show 30 to win let's say that's his price he already takes 20 percent off that he has no intentions of making weight ever <laughs> good point. he gets as close as he has to get to make it legally sanctioned and doesn't even give a shit so he's always going in the bigger guy mm -hmm. always has the crazier reach has a crazier skill set i see it kind of finishing the same way you do except because cowboy isn't going to take any chances with yancey's strength the second he hurts him in round two he's going to grip him up and submit him so i got cowboy submission round two Ooh. and i will put him everywhere so yeah. i think we should just move him over to the DraftKings card now and what is the dk lines on Oliveira? uh Oliveira. oh i almost put the wrong Oliveira on uh let me put cowboy Oliveira instead of Okay, so he's 8-9 against Medeiros is 7-3. And that's pretty right to me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to be... I don't know if the team... I want to give the qual the props to Medeiros that he's not going to get finished, but I, I've i seen him get finished. It was at ladder classes. So, either way, moving on to the next fight, we have an, another hell of a fun fight. I don't know if you hardcores have been paying attention. These fights... 
are unbelievable so far. I know we haven't been really elaborating at We're how all great on the prelims, everyone. Yeah, these are, could be main events. These could be Fox main events at any other fucking shows. And let's just do a little recap here real quick. We are breaking down UFC 218, 218 from Detroit, Rock City, Motown, Philly, back again, doing a little East Coast swang. And you can follow us at Lesbo and the Bean on Twitter lesboandthebean.com and make sure you like and subscribe moving on so this is the perfect time to highlight the prelims main event and that's going to be debuted by paul felder first charles Oliveira at 155 pounds we have paul felder coming in with a 14 and 3 record and a previous muay thai career against alex Oliveira's or charles Oliveira's. 22 and 7. And make sure you're careful with this, everyone. Do not put the wrong Oliveira on your card. Do it, not put the wrong Oliveira on your card. Because Charles Oliveira, the way it reads, is C. Oliveira, which would make you think in your head as a fan, Cowboy Oliveira. That's not the right one. Good Just call. Just so you know. Good, good call. So the older fighter here is going to be Paul Felder at 32 years old to Oliveira's 28. The reach advantage is going to end up going to Charles Oliveira, 74 inches to the 70 inches of Paul Felder. But the height advantage goes to Paul Felder at 5'11 to the 5'10 Oliveira. So some long arms coming in for Oliveira. Oliveira also has some very, very sneaky striking. Good Muay Thai, good clinch, good knees. Again, that's Paul Felder's. That's what his base is. It's not wrestling. It's not anything else. Paul Felder's base is Muay Thai. So a striking match, I feel like edges out slightly due to the power not being... Felder's had a great chin, shown a great chin, and Oliveira doesn't have that power. He more If he gets you, it's with a sneaky elbow, the thing you don't see. The really scary thing that everybody knows with Oliveira, you can't trust him. He gives up in fights. He is coming off of a win. To Will Brooks being an underdog, and nobody saw that coming. But Will Brooks has kind of been a little more yeah, shoddy than we thought. A little more shoddy than we thought. So prior to that, Oliveira had a submission loss to Ricardo Lamas, losing a submission to Anthony Pettis. He ended up being Miles Jury via submission, who Jury is also out of the UFC. And before that, losing TKO to Max Holloway with a weird throat injury that never really was explained other than a esophageal tear that didn't really happen but either way so on the ground if this goes to the ground at all Oliveira wins this all day there's just no way he is had some of the most unique finishes in the UFC and they're not unique because he randomly gets them in flashes it's because he's so high caliber and so long and lengthy that he can pull stuff off that other guys can't and he tries it in there beautiful triangles beautiful sweeps he throws a just stuff you don't see on the ground um Watch Oliveira, and you'll have a lot of good time. But everybody knows this, so a lot of people have found out. Don't go to the ground with Alex, with Charles Oliveira, and you're going to do a whole lot better. The advantage is in the striking. Paul Felder's takedown defense is good enough to stay up from Charles Oliveira. Even if Oliveira has a sloppy, sloppy takedown, what's going to happen is Oliveira's gas tank does tend to really slow down as of late and that mental weakness comes in we've seen him win the first round first round and a half and then he the strong wrestler starts to come on and he starts to wilt felder just needs to stay out of that guard stay off of the ground completely he can he's got a decision in my eyes because he keeps this just a kickboxing match and that's all we're gonna see this isn't gonna end up being a knockout either way if there's a finish submission wise it only goes to Oliveira. 
what do you think goes on in this fight? Paul Felder kind of reminds me of Michael Bisping style. Um, I don't know if it's just that I see them both as kind of guys that could be in a 1930s movie, or is it just me, or does Paul Felder look like he should talk like, yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. He's an actor. <laughs> yeah, he looks like straight out of the 1930s. I agree. Like I should have watched him on Boardwalk Empire. Um, Charles Oliveira, I, his nickname to me should be Charles Quit Oliveira. How do you spell quit? Charles Oliveira. No one quits in the octagon like Charles Oliveira. He has a soft body, soft heart, soft mind. I don't know what it is. Maybe a combination of all three. He gives up. It's going to be a technical knockout by Paul Felder in round two because Paul Felder can't put the hurt on. I'm not even worried. He has nice takedown defense. I think he will stay out of uh, Charles Oliveira's guard. Um, Charles Oliveira doesn't win against the big guys to me, and I think Felder is a grinding guy that's going to put the hurt on you. I think Charles Oliveira's chinny, so if he goes in for a takedown, he's going to get hurt by Paul Felder with a knee, most likely a punch or a weird kick. He does have weird angles. I got Felder KO round two, and I'll have him on a lot of my DraftKings. Uh, I'm iffy on that. I think that there's much better plays because I see this just turning into a pitter-patter Bisbing type of a fight where all of a sudden it's 30 points for Felder and 15 for Oliveira because he couldn't get any takedowns. And they don't give points for takedown defense, which is bullshit. If it was against other, other fighter, I totally see that the same way as yeah. Paul Felder's normal thing. Right. I just think Oliveira right. is a quitter. Quit city. He's a quitter. Quit he city? is quit city. He doesn't deserve to be in Detroit Rock City. All right, moving on to the main event. We go into the pay-per-view. And we're going to end up starting off the pay-per-view with... Hit that little bell right on your little YouTube if you're listening that way so you get the instant notifications because we are going to be trying to put out one, two, maybe even three bonus shows this week and you'll get them first. There is that much content to be had and we're trying to give you what we have right now and we're, we got these lines out so I might as well This is our advantage. priority. If we have more time later in the week, we're going to talk about the Tough House, which the Bean brought up earlier. We need to talk to you guys about Connor's bar brawls. We need to talk to you guys about booking fights. We need, there's so much. There's so much. So there is. Much. It's a good time to be MMA alive. So make sure you're following us everywhere you can and I have noticed in the search bar, if you put in LATB, L-A-T-B, it does not pull up us. Which is kind of bullshit. bullshit. And this is the other thing that I just want to give guys a piece of advice on. If ever you get in trouble and your girl comes in and she pulls up your YouTube and a whole bunch of licking puss and lesbian porn comes up, you just tell her, I'm so sorry, honey. I was just looking for Lesbo and the Bean. (laughs) Because I've noticed in my own search when I put in Lesbo and the pictures that are below us. Mm Mm-hmm aren't necessarily things that you'd want your significant other to think you were looking up. I just keep telling her on that search engine, it's all just lat B research. That's all, all I'm doing. It's days and nights all but the time. I, I bet if you put in Lesbo MMA will come up. <laughs> Lesbo some, and the Bean. Some other stuff is going to come up. Or, or Maybe B. it'll also pull up Amanda Nunes if you put in Lesbo MMA. I don't know. <laughs> or it might put in our next fighter, Tisha Torres. There it is. Versus Michelle Watterson at 115 pounds. Another lady fight being highlighted here at the beginning of the pay-per-view. We know what we're getting with both of these fighters. Tisha Torres being 9-1, only losing to Rose Namajunas in a decision. Arguably split decision. That, to me, was a really close fight. I could have seen that going for Torres. Against Michelle, the karate hottie, Watterson. The taller fighter here is going to be Watterson at 5'3 five fo- five, against... Torres is 5'1". Torres gives up height 
to everybody. Torres has never been the taller fighter in any one of her fights. So she knows what, why I'm bringing that up is because she knows how to fight taller fighters. So don't be worried about that at all. The but only <laughs> Taller fighter, 5'3". Five, 5'3 three. Five, three by 2 inches. <laughs> so we have Watterson coming out of that Jackson Winklejohn gym. She's coming off of a loss, a submission to Rose Lama Yunus, and then off a two-fight winning streak to Paige Van Zant and Michelle uh, and Angela Magana. Torres beating Julia Lima submission four months ago. Beck Rawlings decision. And again, that loss to Nama Yunus. But she also had a good run in the show, beating a lot of people, already beating Angela Hill and Lieberger as well. So the karate hottie comes in with a karate stance. She has that Jackson, Winkle John, Holly Holm type of movement that's going. When she gets in exchanges, she does get hurt. She is, she does that almost Wonder Boy Thompson stuff, but her output isn't as much as you would like. It's that karate, kia, kia, and then she stops, resets, and by that reset time, people have already landed three punches on her. Uh, she, she has not transitioned as much as I can, but, or as much as I would have hoped for, but with Winkle John, they're always getting people so much better. She has transitioned as much as I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, Bitch. <laughs> we know what we're getting with Tisha Torres, Muay Thai striker, the tiny tornado for a reason. She comes at you with punches, elbows, knees, good takedown defense. Her number one lady being, is it, it's, uh, uh Rocky Pennington. Pennington. They are officially married, I believe, or are they engaged? Is, I, we the, actually tweeted out from Lesbo and the Bean today asking Rocky because she said, on my way to Detroit because she's going to watch a girl fight, and uh, she broke her leg. Yeah. Um, so we tweeted out, um, what's going better. on? Yeah, because that was actually the next fight for Noons that I wanted to see. Pennington, the thing I like about her is she's the only woman in the division that has a similar boxing stand-up style as Noons, but she's also one of the heavier 135 women, and Noons is the biggest. So it has to be one of those bigger girls to fight her. Anyway. So, Tisha Torres was an American top team. I know that she's not there, and I feel like people that are doing that more nomadic lifestyle are picking up all of the good skills. Lines are up. Awesome. Perfect. So, Tisha Torres is going to outpace this fight. I think that she can put close to an 80 to 90 point. So she's going to be really close at paying whatever her value is going to be. Because I do feel like she is going to be the slight favorite here. And I just got Torres. Guys, good takedown defense. She's fought way better fighters in the house already. All the way around. Torres is a contender here very shortly. She already has a, to me, a split decision against the champ. And has a good match coming up for her next. Watterson. I just think she's, it, she hasn't done anything to show me that she's progressing, and I gotta pick the tornado to win a decision. I wish I could say a finish, but I don't think that happens. What do you think goes on in this um, fight? I have Tisha Torres actually winning by a technical knockout round three. I, oh, I don't want to say this. I really like Michelle Watterson. I just think she was an early hype train from the beginning. Everybody thought she was coming out hot because she submitted Paige and that doesn't really do anything for me uh when I look at Tisha Torres I the only loss I see for her is against Rose Nama Yunus who actually was a Rose Nama Yunus that night who did have her head a little fucked up like it was a weird nom like it was during this time we we're really questionable about Rose and maybe I mean we're still questionable about Rose that happened right at her last weigh-in yep so um that's really 
I would like to say I think Michelle Watterson is like like a weak faced or whatever or can't take a punch I guess but after watching what Rose did to JJ um it makes me wonder that a little more I did have Tisha Torres everywhere I'm probably gonna speckle this now I do think this fight is a lot closer than I initially thought I did have Tisha Torres just raking this out and being able to finish this quick just being the better fighter pretty much everywhere I don't, I don't think the karate hottie beats her anywhere. I agree with that 100%. Tisha Torres is going to be 8-6 on DraftKings to the karate hotties. Ooh, where is she? She is 7-6. So, ooh, Everyone kind of sees what we see there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to see. It definitely is. So moving on to the next fight. But something else that I will say real quick about the smaller 115 girls having the 135-pound boyfriends is kind of the same thing that I feel about, you know, the girls that are with fighters um, that are men. When you're with a fighter, I think you get to question things, talk about things, maneuver things, have the bigger person lean on you in ways that a 115-pound girl just isn't capable of doing. I think that even makes Tisha Torres that much more dangerous that she is with a fighter. So, I don't know. And least favorite camp right now, Jackson Wink for me. Even more reason to put Torres on a card or two. I was waiting for you to say something much. <laughs> I, I was waiting. <laughs> There's so many Jackson Wink guys on this camp. Out every camp. Yeah. every. It's pretty much what Jackson Wink versus ATT. Or, I mean, uh, That's pretty American good. Top yeah, Team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to, I can't believe this isn't the co-main event. This is the culmination of the entire show and the series. Uh, we have Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje at lightweight. Justin Gaethje is the more recent fighter with an 18-0 perfect record against Eddie Alvarez's 28-5. The younger fighter is going to be Gaethje, 29 to the 33-year-old Alvarez. 5'11 for Gaethje, 5'9 for Alvarez, and the reach advantage, 71, goes for Gaethje to the 69 of Alvarez. Alvarez has always been shorter, had shorter reach, always uses wrestling to get inside there and box people up. Actually has good crisp boxing, has a great gas tank, has serviceable submissions, can recover from shots very, very well. The only bad thing is, you know he can recover from shots very well because he's always getting dropped. There isn't a fight that I've ever remembered except some of the early blowouts against uh, Dos Anjos where he it was so one-sided he didn't get hurt. But a lot, a lot of fights, Eddie Alvarez makes them closer than they should be at times. But he has power and he can keep the fight where he wants, whether it be standing and he has good enough takedowns to go to the ground with him whether or not he wants to go to the ground or not. Justin Gaethje, as we were saying before, put all your money on this guy. He knows that he's eventually going to get finished. And unfortunately for Eddie Alvarez, I don't think it's going to be him. The fact that he even says it makes him that much scarier to me. Exactly. I know I'm going to be knocked out one day, but I'm going to give it everything I have. I'm not scared of it. And that's what put... And unfortunately for Eddie Alvarez, he's had a very, very long career also coming out of Jersey. Uh, having a long fight career, we've just really seen his chin, chin really start to go. And if there was setup fights for UFC to try to boast people up and get the Connor fight going next, it's this fight. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> was Eddie Alvarez, it doesn't matter who he's in there with, he's going to get hurt. Does it benefit that Gaethje doesn't give a damn and can end up... Um, Finish, like, he, 
will go in kicking. He, uh, he sets up his whole striking, Justin Gaethje does, which he's also a Division One wrestler, so the wrestling cancels out there. But neither of these fighters really use their wrestling much in their fights. Alvarez more so. Gaethje uses it in reverse. Morris take down the fence. Gaethje doesn't try to go for takedowns, even though he could, but that's because he says, I'm not in it to be a wrestler. I'm in it to be a fighter. The gas tank goes for Gaethje. He's gone five-round fights in multiple organizations, not to the caliber of Eddie Alvarez, but at this point in his in his fight career, he's just able to do it still a few more times. I think this is a setup fight all day. Eddie Alvarez can hurt Gaethje, and he's been hurt by many fighters as well, but also has great recovery. But I think that Gaethje, the high, what is it, highlight? Eh, that's an okay name. I think he could be a tornado too, just because it fits his fight mm. style so well. I think he should just be the gay. <laughs> <laughs> he might not like that so much, Justin but I like the it. Gay. Gaethje. Or the gatekeeper. Oh, but you don't want to leave it. Yeah, gatekeeper is kind of negative oh, yeah, in our I guess form. It, is. it sucks. Yeah. But what about gay teeth? Gay teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. We can throw it at him and see what he says. What Maybe about after hashtag the fight. Justin Gay Teeth Gay Teeth? <laughs> <laughs> you got some gay ass teeth, that's boy. Gay teeth. Damn. <laughs> you got a gay ass smile. <laughs> I got gay teeth. TKO round one. It's a fade as much as it is a plus for gay teeth. I just think styles are all in favor for Gaethje in this specific fight. I think the next fight is going to be Connor because it's a fighter who's willing to die on his shield and Connor can land that strike, but okay. Alvarez can't. Something that you never, or you've been talking about longer than anyone else, so when everyone else starts jumping on the train, remember, please, loyal fans, that you heard it here first and win the beans right on this. Make sure you tell a friend to like and subscribe to Lesbo and the Bean as well because we love our audience growing every day. And, by the way, tons of... Of Polish people watching on Finally, YouTube. thank you, Poland. Tons Coming of Polish in. people watching on YouTube now, so that's S- nice. Stasiak, Jajinczyk, um, that's all I I was going to ask you if you thought Connor, and I think we should start looking around at Twitter in the next couple of days, if he shows up ringside at this fight, you are 100% right, solidified that he will get the fight with Connor. And I think Connor, Detroit's the right town to draw Connor back to the He state. runs Detroit. Or how can he say, yeah. I own this place. He, he really <laughs> likes African-American culture and what is, I, I feel like Detroit, I know it rivals Atlanta, but I think it would be the first like black empire of the Americas would be Detroit. Like what they did with that city, and when the the it was all booming with the auto industry, they had the best music in the world, killer sports teams, like the Pistons when they were the best. Anyway, all that being said, the breakdown of the fight, I am interested to see if Connor's ringside because I think you're right about Gaethje. I think this is a setup fight, and I gotta tell you why. I have to go through Eddie, and I I got on the Eddie hype train for a minute after he beat Dos Anjos, but knowing what I know now about the UFC, let me just go through his fights as far as I'm concerned with Eddie. He beats Gilbert Melendez, somebody who, in my opinion, shouldn't have been fighting in the UFC anymore then. Um, he beat Anthony Pettis during with a split decision. Anthony Pettis with the heart, he was having such issues with his weight cut at the time. I don't know what it was, but he remember he ended up going down to 145 right after that. Yep. Um, so then we move on to Rafael Dos Anjos. The reason this drives me so crazy 
Right after this fight, those Andy was at the 170s, killing it. This was the hardest weight cut. When we look back yep. at it, this one he passed out yep. beforehand. I yep. think he hit his head on the weight cut. He had a whole bunch of weird yeah, shit happen. That he said the fight after should, the fight. Yeah, the fight should have been canceled probably altogether. Yep. And so we went out there and just pretty much got knocked out on his feet the whole time. Okay, so moving on to the loss against the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Something that Conor did that nobody talks about is set up all his punches perfectly with killer leg kicks. Who has way better leg kicks than Conor McGregor? Gay teeth. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Gaethje. Like, all day. And he uses them nonstop. He uses them nonstop. I'm not really worried about Eddie hurting Gaethje so much here just because I've seen the... I think Michael Johnson... Um, he he did hurt Gaethje a few times with clean, super clean shot. I also think Justin Gaethje's still been training from that point to not maybe take so many punches as he did. I'm not worried about Eddie on this. I think this is a setup all day. I think Gaethje gets on the inside uh, to knock Eddie out ladder in round one. But I do think both guys, because this is a three-round fight and both guys have killer cardio, they're going to put it all on the dance oh, floor. Oh, yeah, he's going to It's going to go so fast People are going to say, everyone that you're going to hear talking is going to say, this is a fight of the year potential. Yep. This is the fight of the year potential. I'm going to tell you the reason it's not. The reason it's not is because Alvarez's chin doesn't have fight of the year potential on it. And so that is why I agree KO with you all day. Potential. Yes, I agree with you all day. This is just as much of a fade as it is a hype train ride. But I think Justin Gaethje is worth the ride. Buy a ticket, everyone. And I'm jumping on board I really don't care. I'm interested. I don't even really give a shit about Conor McGregor as much anymore and who he fights. I don't care. I'm interested in all these other guys in the talks. Gaethje versus Tony. Gaethje versus Khabib. Gaethje versus Nate. Yep. Like, all of a sudden, there's this new guy that I am interested in. And that interest from me, who also still is a person that, you know, loves Ellen, Rhonda, all that pop culture of it. I can see Gaethje being an interest to other people like me where Connor sees that as well. You're going to see a whole bunch of pissed people. Oh, yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of pissed people. Tony's going to be so pissed. But I have to be honest as well. I want to see Tony Khabib at this point more than I want to see either guy fight Connor. Just me as a... just a fan of that. I was so built up for that fight, and it's still one of the biggest disappointments. So anyways, Gaethje... End of round one, beginning of round two. I think you can put him everywhere because he mm -hmm. also puts out so much volume. What is the prices on? We are going to look up here and we're going to be walking to the top because everyone probably sees what we see because Gaethje is 8-7 against Eddie 7-5 and I think that's about right and I think we should move Gaethje over to our card. I like that. I like yeah. that. I don't see Alvarez anywhere. Do not mess up your card by putting Eddie Alvarez in there somewhere. Don't do it. Moving on to the next fight, we have a flyweight bout, 125 pounds, Henry Cejudo versus Sergio Perez. Henry Cejudo coming in with an 11 and 2 record, only losses coming in the UFC. And then Sergio Perez, we have as a 16 and 2 record, also only losses coming in the UFC. The younger fighter, 24 year old Baby Perez versus the 30 year old Cejudo. The younger man is going to be taller and have a 2-inch reach advantage, 5'6", with 69.5-inch reaches, to 5'4", with 67.5-inch reach for Henry Cejudo. Cejudo is coming off of a win 
TKO over Wilson Hayes and really looked better than he ever has. Unfortunately with Cejudo, what we always have to watch out for is that weight cut. Notoriously has had a bad time. He's in that Gastelum type of... If there's a fight here to fall out, calling it right now. Henry Cejudo because of illness. I think that's a great call. I so, think that's a good line. Like if they're they need if to start they make doing a line, that. Yeah, on like who misses weight? Yeah, yep. or who just isn't going to make the fight for one? Who's going to pull out? Yeah, who's due gonna, to illness, there's yeah. some bullshit because that's what they say. And now. we should call it the Khabib. Who's going to Khabib this up? Uh, I think there's better places. I think there's other people that that who's don't worse? get more. Who's worse? I don't know if there is anyone really. There's people close, not worse. Not worse. So many uh, fights. If you go through how many fights he pulled out, well, uh, you will be like. Oh my god, I forgot about that fight. I forgot it was ever even supposed to happen. Way bigger cards he's ruined. You, have, you may have a point there. So, Henry Sahudo, though, let's say he does make it. Let's say he looks as good as he did against Hayes in that last fight. Um, Henry Sahudo's boxing is where he likes to keep MMA fights. He keeps them standing. Uh, he uses his wrestling in reverse has only shot very few takedowns. Actually, I don't think he's ever shot a takedown. Maybe on Hayes was the first time he finally got him to the ground and ground and pound him to death. But I think desperation-wise, he tried on Demetrius Johnson. I think that's how he got caught. Uh, it was knees in the clinch that finished Cejudo pretty gnarly. Um, but the only other loss for Cejudo prior to... Not prior to... Demetrius Johnson, and then he lost to Benavidez in a split decision... Um, he lost that Benefita's fight as well. How is this fight above Alvarez Gaethje? How you, I agree a hundred percent. Hundred percent above Alvarez Gaethje. This could open the main card, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though Baby Pettis has also done a good job, though he's coming off of a four-fight winning streak. Last beating Brandon Moreno, beating John Moraga, Kalidis, and Carriasso as well. Carriasso being a contender in there, but also massively undersized. We know what we're getting with Pettis. He's a he's the better version of Anthony Pettis. And people said that initially, and it's coming to light. It's coming to fruition. He's much more technically sound, striking. On the ground, he's serviceable. He doesn't have that uh, submission ability that his brother does because he, he's a little <laughs> shorter and compact. They, I feel like Sejudo and Pettis have rivaling body stature, even though Sejudo's back looked huge in that last fight. Sahudo, I'm just randomly brainstorming here, just had his whole life go up in flames. How's he been dealing with that? How? The California fires burnt everything. He lost his medals. Oh, oh yeah. And he burned his leg. And we almost dropped this fight. <clears throat> he got a new place, new clothes, new everything, and has uh, been able to train in there. He's shown with the weight cuts and everything that if everything doesn't necessarily go right for him, woo, a lot of people have Sahula, but I may be talking myself into Sergio Pettis. What I was going to say as well was Sergio Pettis has serviceable takedown defense. Sergio Pettis does not get taken down too bad. And when he does get taken down, he gets right back up. And this is MMA, not just wrestling. So I think I got a dirty split. Sergio Pettis, I got a big underdog here. I am just like, in, I have the intangibles going against Sahula, and he's the type of person to break from this. This is a theme tonight. It's happening all over the card. Get ready for another underdog. I'm going to be making some money wow. this weekend. What do you think goes on in this fight? That Pettis might be decision. your biggest underdog pick of the night. That's because huge. Cejudo is at 9 on DraftKings. And uh, Pettis is at 7. Or Cejudo is at 9-2 on DraftKings. And Pettis is at 7. Yeah, but the value DK there isn't for me. Because I see this being a split decision type of fight. So I think it's going to be a kickboxing match. At 7 for a, even a split, Sergio Pettis isn't a bad gig. 
Uh, Seven. I, he lays a lot of damage out. Um, I think Kimball has way more likelihood. See, the only thing I really don't like is Sergio or Sahuda's only two losses are against two guys that are one and two. Yeah, amazing one and two. guys. Yeah, amazing. So then Hayes, I thought he looked amazing in that fight. Uh, Formiga, meh, he looked good, but Formiga, meh. I do think Sahudo. I'm going to stick with the decision for this reason. Right now, I just kind of feel about him. Gosh. He's coming Sergio into his own. Is so he's young, man. together. Yeah. Sergio is so young, and he's such a little ball of potential. He probably will be the champion at 125 one day. I do see that for him. I don't want him to fight Mighty Mouse now. A win in this fight, pretty much he fights Mighty Mouse next. That's what mm-hmm. we're going to see. Unless Dillashaw, Mighty Mouse. But otherwise, they just have to I would say Joey B, then Mighty Mouse. It just depends if Mighty Mouse wants to fight again. It's really because yeah. they don't have anyone else, and Sergio already has a big enough name because of his brother. I like everywhere Sergio is headed. I'm just, there's nothing super exciting about him yet. Cejudo has looked so good in his last fight, so good. He kind of is the fleece herring of the men for me. I just have faith in him. He just looks like he's, he got it, like, all his work, you know those magnet yep. boards that you draw a face on uh, with a mustache yep. and stuff, and it's like a magnet pin? It, it's like all his magnets were spread out, and they're getting closer and closer together. And I see it. I see it happening, like the evolution of him. I'm going to go ahead and stick with Cejudo here. If he loses, it, it's not that he isn't a great. He's just not one of the top five, and it means Pettis is on his way up. But right now, I'm not going to put it everywhere. I do see it also being a very low output fight regardless. I do even think this could be a boring three-round fight for a small guy fight. Um, I think they could stifle each other. So I That's see it just like you. That's why I'm saying a dirty split. I think a dirty split. I'm just going to go the other way and go with Cejudo. Decision. I like that term, dirty split. <laughs> it top works on so many when levels. It's clo- the, I, I see exactly what you mean by dirty split, too, though. Um, I see that. And, <laughs> oh, no, but I also see, like, um, it could go one way or the other, and people are going to be pissed on Twitter. Yes. That means a dirty split. <laughs> agreed, agreed, agreed. And you heard it here first. Moving on to the co-main event. Good we, grief. We got a heavyweight bout that is meant to knock your socks this off. This is Megatron versus Optimus Prime. This is Alistair Godzilla versus King Kong. This is too fat, uh, too humongous. <laughs> this is, I, yeah, you have good enough. <laughs> Naganu, the Predator versus the Ream. We've been hyping. This, and actually, before I even get into this, I gotta let the fans know that for this fight, I'm gonna have to be on Code Red, we're gonna be on High Alert, Hog Watch, all weigh-ins long, all fight long, you just better keep your eye out, I wear protection, because you might lose an eye watching this fight, Naganu's gonna end up bringing the back bomba into this fight, we've been all over Naganu all day, but Alistair Overeem is so credited with a 40 and... 43-15 and 15 record against the 10-1 Naganu. Naganu's only lost once in his career, and I believe it was via decision early, early on in his career, coming in undefeated in the UFC, beating people likes of Anthony Hamilton, Andre Arlovsky, uh, Bohan Vlokovic, Luis Henrique, and Curtis Blades. I would say out of all those, Blades is probably the best competition to me. Blades has really come along, and even then... 
people, it was just a really good fight for Naganu. I've had trust in him the whole time. Has had more experience in any combat sport than Alistair Overeem. Unfortunately for him, it's wearing on his chin. He can't take a punch or a kick. He's lost to the people likes of Eric Silva uh, and Travis Not Brown. Eric Silva. Bigfoot Silva. Bigfoot Silva. <laughs> What's Eric his Silva. Name? Same chin. <laughs> yeah. Same weak chin. <laughs> Worse weak chin. <laughs> yeah. You're way right. worse. Eric. Yeah. Never, yeah well, I don't know. Silva has way worse of a chin, but ended up coming back and. But he was also juiced to the tits, but so was Overeem at the time. So it was. Silvas even... are actually known for their weak chins and juicing. That's actually that's, uh, something. Yeah, that's I a... think it's Brazilian for juiced weak chin. Silva. <laughs> 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 uh, so. Francis Naganu is really taking a big step up. This is where the tire meets the road. This is where we find out that whether he gets that Stipe Miocic fight slash Cain Velasquez next or takes a couple steps back. Alistair Overeem has the kickboxing credentials as well, also having a long K1 career prior to the UFC. So the striking advantage technically, technically goes to Alistair Overeem. The ground goes to Alistair Overeem, the transitions go to Alistair Overeem. The king, the kicks go to Alistair Overeem. I don't see Overeem losing this fight if he didn't have that chin. You just can't trust that chin, and it's been so many times. He gets hurt with the weakest shots, and the intangibles with Francis Naganu is that he is so young and new that he's willing to throw a stupid back fist that most people won't throw, and Alistair Overeem doesn't have a good enough chin to take those back fists. Andrei Olaski almost finished them with a few of those. I can't pick Francis Naganu. I can't. I don't trust that chin at all, but I trust that Alistair Overeem has seen what Damian Maya and other people have done and has the the ability to take Francis Naganu down and keep him down. The evil twins have been all over calling me crazy as well, saying, Naganu's gotten up, and I'll say to everyone, Naganu showed me that he could get up from people and finish people and stuff like that. But it's not the level. Alistair Overeem is still a top seven contender. Francis Naganu, biggest hype train. I've been looking to make money on you, but... Unfortunately, I'm going with the fucking Reem decision. I think he turns this into the most boring fight of the night. This is going to be take you down first round, not let you get up. Land rabbit punches, maybe they stand you up. Naganu gasses in the second and third round. It's just whether Overeem gets out of that first. It's scary. I'm not putting it anywhere. I'm telling you guys because obviously the knockout is there for Naganu all the way around. How do you think this goes for Naganu? He is training out of Vegas, by the way, at the UFC gym. That's his official gym. Um, Francis is officially the hardest puncher in the entire world. Oh, I did hear that. That's right. <laughs> officially against the glassiest chin in MMA. I'm saying he can throw a back fist out and it's One over punch, on the fight. And it's over. The other thing with Francis that I really think is I believe every single person on the planet is a prodigy at something. We all just don't get to find it in our lifetime. Every once in a while, maybe somebody was that for actually fighting. And maybe it's MMA fighting. And from everything I hear from every coach that's worked with this guy to every training partner that he's had, he is sponging up mixed martial arts like nobody before him. Mm -hmm. He was living on the streets just like three years ago in France. They yeah. like, And then he like worked into a gym. He started out boxing and realized he's good mm -hmm. at all this other stuff. Even the way he submitted Anthony Hamilton his last fight. Like, oh, I just learned that. Like yep. he, he's just 
picking all these things up. I think he's crazy strong. He's one of the few guys at heavyweights that has the body that people want, and that's why they take steroids. But he is just naturally gifted built that way. He is meant for this sport, the shape of his forehead, the flatness of his nose. He kind of is the great thing about all fighters for me. Where I don't think we've seen him tested isn't the ground or isn't his takedown defense or isn't any of that. Where I don't think we've seen him tested that Overeem can test him is the power of a kick and body shot that Overeem can land. I think a knee to the body, that's my most nerve-wracking thing, is I think a knee to the body from Overeem can lay anyone out. Anyone out. You're 100% right. And yeah, I did not talk about... Because the striking's there, but I don't want Overeem to even think of striking. I want Overeem to double take takedown. I think in a weird way, Overeem could be a lot like a big, huge Stephen Thompson. Just crazy kicks, crazy knees, coming up fast, staying on the outside. And if you stay out of the punching range of Nagano, and I got to think if I see it for my layman's eyes, Overeem's camp sees it. This is my only question now for Alistair. We see. I feel like the last two fights have been something sketchy. Maybe even the last three to four fights, maybe even five, were something sketchies with his weight. That he's got an IV here and there. He had food poisoning the next time. He had like there's always some little weird backstory, and I think you need Alistair and you save him and you want to build him up as a king only so that a new young hungry lion can take his fans. Francis is that lion. He knocks out. Over him in round one. I think he's worth every single cent on DraftKings. In any, I, I mean, he's not going to be worth anything in parlays. I just think um, he's going to do damage, and this is the fight that he's the real deal. I don't think he gets Stipe next. Just Stipe seems to have a very smart heavyweight uh, career where he does only fight maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. I think he gets uh, Verdum next, and I think that's the perfect fight for him next because I actually do want to see. I think he they moved him way up too fast in the ranks. I just don't think Alistair should be ranked so high either. So I do think they're, this is like maybe – and the division's not that thick, but in the reality, if there were more people, this mm-hmm. is like the 10th and 13th guy fighting, maybe 10th and 15th guy fighting. Alistair should be the num- higher ranked guy. He just shouldn't be number two anymore. So. Beating Mark Hunt and shit, big fucking deal. I'm just saying. And put the money on the beam. The one thing that I will say, too, is uh, he lost against Fabrizio Verdum, in my personal opinion, four months ago. Which, Verdum also hits fairly hard. Not as he, hard as Nagano. And then he, eight months ago, he beat Mark, Mark Hunt, who should not be doing this anymore. Uh, got, he did fucking hurt Stipe. He did fucking hurt Stipe and then got knocked the fuck out with a head kick and punches. He got head kicked. So... And then Junior Junior Dos Santos, we don't listen to the bean on this. Put a this is a decision, Alistair Overeem. A lot of people are going to be rounds. butthurt. You're saying a five round decision, Alistair. This isn't Overeem. five rounds. No. This is a three round. It's a oh, co-main shit. event. You're scaring me. I'm so <laughs> I'm so no, used no, no, to no, the co-main they should be. Yeah. five round. Yeah. No, or they no, should no. be. Yeah. No, 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 no. Only co- if they're champions. Oh, yes, yeah. only for the belt. Um. So, but this is I don't. This could be a pay per view on its own. I agree. This could be a fucking pay-per-view. So, the Bean's got money. I saw plus money on that. I've already put some bets on Alistair over Reem. People are going to be mad. People are going to be mad. So, I so like it. you're saying the Reem's back? Or the Reem never left? I'm saying the Reem... Do you the think Reem, the Reem beat Verdum? I'm saying the hype train can beat levels of fighters. Not the Reem level of fighter. Not yet. 
give him a couple more fights. Give him a couple more fights, and I really, really, it's a, it's a fun fight. I don't, th- I think us as fans all win in this fight, regardless. Whatever happens. Agree. So, we finally got there. We there got the main event. If you haven't subscribed, you better remember to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. SoundCloud, Podbean, iTunes, lesbonthebean.com. Find your feed, Lisbon. Exactly. Lipson. Remember to just hit that subscribe because we got tons of more content coming to you guys. Content is king. And we got it. Yeah, that is true. And the reigning king. Oh, I have to show you something. This is for all the women out there, even men who want to change things up or have kids and can't be. You know, like when somebody's talking and they're telling you some shit that you really don't care about or whatever it is, but guys will be like jerk off motion. Like, yeah, whatever. Jerk off hand motion. I think a funny one for women to do, like, you're like, hey, babe, it's the bottom of the night. Oh, my gosh, this guy slid into home. I bet udders milk in the udder <laughs> that's mine for women anyways go right that was so, my tip for the main event <laughs> if your wife's like hey will you just get up and do this real quick honey it's the main event little udder action, little udder action. <laughs> don't do so, it you'll get in trouble you are gonna get car. in trouble and you might as well see the main event for what it's worth now that you've already paid for that pay-per-view and you've gotten your money's worth you have Max this could Holloway. be one you pay for if you want to keep supporting the fighters and fights, UFC, not, yeah, no. UFC, blah, yeah. the corporation that be, this could be one if you're going to pay for one in the year. Definitely going to be worth it. Max Holloway, reigning champ, versus Jose Aldo 2 at Featherweight. This is a direct belt defense for Max Holloway. This is not Max Holloway's fault. Who was his previous fight that ended up falling Edgar, out? Edgar. Frankie Edgar. Frankie, the answer. The answer. Did not have the answer, unfortunately. Jose Aldo, legendary striker, losing only to Le Connor, coming back and beating um, Frankie Edgar, who got the next title shot. And this is just kind of a revolving door at the 145 division right now. Max Holloway has been 18 and 3, and. Jose Aldo is 26-3, and three, only three losses in the UFC. Jose Aldo is going to be the older fighter, 31 years old to the 25, Max Holloway. 5'11 for Max Holloway to the 5'7 Aldo. The reach advantage goes to Aldo at 70 inches to the 69 for Holloway. Holloway has such a short reach for such a young guy. It's really interesting how that ends up working out for him. So... We know what we're getting with Aldo in the first one. I feel like we both had Max Holloway in that Aldo fight. We both called it. We said, hey, Max is going to win this because of the pace, the pressure, the angles. And Aldo is just at that point in his career. At 31, he's a young man, but he's had a really long career at the top of the top level. Aldo's a guy who came in defending a belt and never left the belt up until Connor finished it with one fight. And he's been fighting Frank yet. He cleaned out the division long ago. And post-USADA, Jose Aldo has completely changed. And Max Holloway, I feel like, truly is one of the poster boys. If you were to say, if you were to put people in a room, 
at a lineup, you would never say Max Holloway was some fighter if he didn't. His ears weren't all cauliflowered. He has the body type of a man, a regular man. Where Jose Aldo, you can see where he's done cycles in his life, where he's come in looking like a hundred and eighty-five pounder sometimes with the muscle density that he has. So I think that has really played against Aldo and why we were picking Holloway in the first one. You can go listen back to our other breakdown: the pace, the pressure, the angles. Just Holloway's coming into his own. Aldo also taking this on short notice. Back when Aldo was the king, he dropped. A person who's dropped more fights than Senor Cejudo, Jose Aldo. I knew there was one in there. But not more than Khabib. Or, oh. Cejudo's <laughs> <laughs> so in there. Aldo's in there too. Aldo's up there though. So Aldo and Cejudo are up there against Khabib. God, woo. So, uh, it could almost be the Aldo Award. It could be the Scarface Award. <laughs> so, but since uh, he's been junior, he hasn't dropped as many fights. Yeah, true, true. So, with Aldo, with when he was reigning champ, he would drop all of his fights because he was able to, and he'd always want to get ready. Some people said it was because he wanted a juice properly so he wouldn't pop. Other people were like, no, he needs it. So, this short notice we know isn't a regular thing for Jose Aldo. He has regular fight camps and stuff. He's coming in short notice to fight somebody who was getting ready to, to, to go in another five rounds. This could also fall out. This fight could pop. You saw the could tell us in a day or two that Jose Aldo pops because Jose Aldo already has lost. Uh-oh, do you and think he's... Aldo is more likely to fall out than Cejudo? Oh, or Oliveira. <laughs> <laughs> I think Oliveira makes it. He won't make weight, but he'll make it to the fight. Uh, Cejudo will make weight because he's actually on his run this time, and this is a pretty good fight card for him. Jose Aldo, the reason he will make weight as well is because if he doesn't make this fight, he is out of title contention. A hundred percent. There, He's not going to get the opportunity again. And I think he knows it as well. So I, that, that's why I'm hoping he makes this. Like, so I see more of the same. Was it a TKO around three, their first encounter? Yes. I think it's going to be around four. I think Aldo can is going to try to exploit some of the things that ended up happening in the previous fight. But ho- Max Holloway is the type of fighter who learns and he's young enough that he's going to keep showing us new things where Jose Aldo is just is going to be Jose Aldo against Max Holloway, which is going to probably be more leg kicks. I think that's going to be exploited by Aldo a lot more in this fight. But I do think that Holloway is still he's going to get kicked in the leg and be landing those punches in Aldo's chin has not looked the best especially at this high level i got tko round four it all culminates and we might see a retirement if aldo makes it to the show what do you think goes on in this fight i almost think as well aldo respects max in a way to lose to him as a warrior that it wouldn't be excruciating for him in the same way that it was the knockout with mcgregor I agree. With, this is a short thing for Aldo. He does have hard weight cuts in the past. He's had to spend the whole time training, so he's going to have a really drastic weight cut at the end where Max, we know he never has problems with making weight. I think exactly what you're saying, more of the same, except I don't think it takes Max as much time to figure him out, and I don't think Jose can take as much damage after getting knocked out five months ago, so I just think Matt's going to KO it in round two. For a few reasons other than Max being the real deal, I do think we're in a blessed era. I do see UFC going to Hawaii, and for some reason, I picture Lesbo and the Bean being there as well. I think we can make it to a wine card. We got friends there, some family there. Why not? 
do a little trip into Los Angeles, a little fly out. It might be enough time for the UFC to figure out all the loopholes so they can get into Hawaii for us to get it together, maybe get our Patreon going. See, you could follow us there too. Um, but I like Max. I think he's going to get his ticker tape parade. Um, I think he can take damage. I do think Jose said he could figure out the length of Max's time because he wasn't sure of how tall he was going to be when he was in there across from him. I just don't think that matters. Max is the real deal, 145 champion. I think we're going to see him in the UFC for a long time. I think he might move up and have the 155 belt one day. I think he might move up and have the 170 pound belt one day. I think he's kind of like a Tony Ferguson to me. So, one last question. KO round out. Max Holloway, blessed. What is the Lat BDK card? Just to remind y'all, we ended up having our Les Leslie Smith underdog pick being Glenn Close. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> From 101 Dalmatians, not just any Glenn Close. <laughs> the Rock Close. <laughs> As our underdog, we see the wrestling really coming through and shining, and uh, I. I feel like the beans getting a little arrogant here. There's some goddamn underdog. I got Pettis, I got Overeem, I got Close. <laughs> all right, that might be it. That might be all of them. But those are pretty big motherfucking underdogs. I'm just throwing that out there. Trying to figure out a way for us to afford. Because we, we do you feel better right now? Our card is Felice Herring, uh, Razak Al Hassan, Kimball. Close, Oliveira, Cowboy Oliveira, which is A. Oliveira on DraftKings, okay. and then Justin Gaethje. We have 500 extra remaining salary, so we could do some finagling here. Do you feel better about Max over Al Hassan or Oliveira points-wise? I would say that Max Holloway, because any five-round fight with this type of pace, with these type of cardios, is going to... Be likely to get up there in those hundreds, even get in that 150 ranges. So the value in DK is going to be a five rounder. Anytime you can get in a five rounder in these later weight, lighter weight classes, chang 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 chang, it's going to help you out. The only thing with Max is I think that he's going to be very highly owned. So, but I do think the so value. Do we jump? Do we dump Al Hassan or uh, Cowboy Oliveira? Oh man! One of them has to leave our card to afford. I want to say Holloway. I want to say Al Hassan. I agree. I think we yeah. We know more about Cowboy. I'm yeah, not. I agree. I almost think you could base it like it's almost a fighter's fight card. All right, that leaves us two hundred left over. I don't really see anything else that we agree with so much. Uh, to change out anyone, but I kind of feel good with our card. Uh, so the Lesbo and the Bean card, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, everyone who stayed in it until the end, make sure you like and subscribe everywhere. Tell a friend. We love that. Um, I don't even know if we're doing anything on the Patreon yet. And so if anyone were to donate to anything like that, it would really just be going into equipment so we can get everything going for um, actual visual on our YouTube instead of just stills. Uh, so anyway, Lesbo and the Bean card. Felice Herring at 8-3. Max Holloway at 9-3, Kimball at 6-8, Close at 7-8, Cowboy, Cowboy A. Oliveira at 8-9, and closing it out, which I think is going to be the highest points getter of the night, so worth it on every card, Justin Gaethje at 8-7.